Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Hey, Randy. Uh, what's up this week? Hmm. Lots of networking. I'm back on track after all of the illnesses and stuff. Uh, sure. We, we welcome two new kittens to the household, so... Not definitely not as rough as a baby, um, <laughs> human baby, but uh, a little bit of a change of duties and a lot more uh, high pitched noises <laughs> going around the house. Um, in terms of tech and work stuff, I've been consulting with a lot of, or I should say, I've been talking to a lot of different parties that don't understand technology. Um, and as part of the networking, as part of trying to help um, different organizations I'm around. And it's one thing to tell people about what they need to do. There's definitely a blocker for people getting started with it. Like I can talk to people about the technical problems they have and what they need to do to solve it. But them, but those folks actually saying let's do this is a completely different thing it has nothing to do with money because i haven't given anyone an invoice or a or a proposal it's more of you told me the problem i know how to solve it uh even if i do it for free there's this like a something blocking people from actually wanting to go through with the change so um we'll have to see how it goes because I could potentially have five or six projects in my lap um, to be working on stuff, but people just have to move forward. And in some cases, again, I'm not even selling work. I'm just telling them this is what you got to do and you might need someone else to do it, but people just are resistant to change. So uh, even when they want it, so that that's been my, uh, the past two weeks or so, Uh, what's going on with you? Oh, just got back from uh, University of Florida um, on on Friday. We were um, both construction specialties and Aspire EDU were named again um, to the Gator 100, which is the uh, top 100 fastest growing companies owned or run by University of Florida graduates. Yeah. Um, so uh, it's congrats on that again, by the way. Well, thank you. It's, it's something we're always proud of. Um, I, I think in light of some, some reading I've been doing on, on growth and, and, and the, the dangers of growth for the sake of growth. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's something I'm real proud of, but I also, it's not something I'm going to chase. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's something we will probably be up for again um, next year, just because they use a three year period to, to uh, make the rankings and two of the three years are pretty good for both companies. Um, so uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's something to be proud of. It's something that, that, um, that the most, the thing I'm most proud of is that we do that while having, while being profitable one and two having pretty much bootstrap both companies. Um, so there's there's no outside investors there's yeah. no um, there's not any of that so 
um, real, real happy with the growth of those two companies. Well, I mean, I would say you could argue that the problem with public companies or VC funded companies is the growth demand that is placed on them. It raises, yeah. it may be like just unreasonable amount of pressure on companies. And I think it changes their decision-making. So I, I really do agree with you that a bootstrapped, um, you know, built from scratch with, you know, without significant um, pressure from investors does make for a company that is probably more fun to run. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's probably, it's riskier. I mean, you have to kind of sit through a period of time when money isn't good and, you know, or when you don't have a lot of revenue. And I think like you had, you've said in the past about construction and specialties, it's been up and down in its history around growth and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's something to be really proud of when you don't just go and make a business of raising money and actually yeah. make a business that has customers and revenues as its basis for a, capital. So I think sure. that's really something to be proud of. And, and the two industries act differently too. Cause for, for Aspire EDU, we're just, we're just one of those slow burners, um, you know, continually growing, continually adding clients. And as long as we don't shed a lot of clients, that's going to lead to continual growth. Um, the, the biggest uh, challenge we're facing upcoming is the fact that we we did reach that point that we've discussed many times in the past of having to shift what we're doing with our database structures, yeah, um, and that caught that increased cost. Um, but it that cost didn't increase um, out of proportion of the growth we have, so it's fine. It, yeah. it, it 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 all makes sense. Whereas construction is especially the business we're in because new construction and maintenance are really kind of two separate things, but the maintenance and um, cash flow yeah. is is usually the issue because the people you you have doing work want to be paid within probably thirty days at the most, um, whereas the corporations you're doing work for you don't see their money for 45, 60, 75 days. Yeah. Um, so cash flow is always the issue, and that's why the growth has to be controlled um, because you grow too fast, that cash flow gets by you real fast, and mm-hmm. then, you, then you're in trouble. So anyway, uh, enough about the, uh, the, the issues of growth. I think today, um, wanted to, to just dive a little into acronym, uh, soup. So, okay. um, we're, we're recording this around lunch, so we'll have a little alphabet soup here. Um, the, the, the different titles that technology executives have, um, and, and our view, and I'm going to be very clear, that's our <laughs> view yeah. of what each of those roles encompass um, with the understanding that companies use these things interchangeably. Um, so uh, in a, in a, the, we'll start with the big two. Um, and the big two are, are the CIO role versus the CTO role. So chief yeah. information officer um, versus chief technology officer. Um, we, we, we specifically named this podcast CTO think, um, mainly because that's kind of the roles we've played in the past, um, or in the current 
So, so let's talk real quick about what, what we think a CTO is, what we think a CIO is, um, and, and where, where somebody might want to aim to be depending on their strengths. Sure. Um, if, if my definition of a CIO is someone that is more concerned with data. Now, I've never seen a CIO at, at a small company. Like there's mm-hmm. always, so to me, it's a big company that has information coming from all sorts of sources. Some of it's self-generated. Some of it is purchased um, on a research basis. So, you know, they don't care about the tools. They care about the actual data and how the company is using it, protecting it, um, selling it, perhaps. Like, that's what I would think a CIO role is more focused on. Sure, sure. So we... The, the only the only issue with that definition um, and we can we can we'll get around or we can get into it now is that with the rise of data science um, yeah. there's a new role coming out called a CDO a chief data yeah. officer um, so I, th- I think I think you're generally right um, the I in in CIO stands for information so that's all the all the information that's coming in. Um, it's it's all the data that's coming in and going out, and, and how that's managed and controlled. Um, it, it's more the. I, I also see it as maybe a a role where that executive's in charge of ex, of of explaining. Um, the results to the other executives within the company. Um, yeah. And again, again, we're going to get real, a, a CDO could do that too, if you have one. Um, but it, it's, it's more about taking, taking all that information, making sense of it and, and distributing that knowledge to, to the rest of the organization. So is a CDO in charge of all the vaporware? <laughs> no, it's a CVO, <laughs> Chief Vaporware Officer. I mean, the data, the whole, I'm not sure, well, this could go a whole different podcast if I talk, if we talk too much about it, but a lot of the stuff in the CDO category, I mean, it's, you know, machine learning, it's data analysis, data visualization, which, I mean, I guess you could have someone in charge of all that, but it's still a lot of ex- experimental not done very well. Um, you got to be a really big company, I would think, to have a CDO. Um, but it's probably really. Go- I was going to say really big or or really focused on that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So so your not now your your main business is driven around data. Yeah. Um, and you have your CIO maybe more in charge of every other aspect of the organization outside of the the, the product. I guess is is the best way to put it. Um, the other the other thing, and and I think we we've we've morphed this this segment um, <laughs> into talking about CIO versus CDO instead of talking about CTO. But um, the other aspect is with GDPR. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's certainly beneficial to have a 
person in charge of the data. Um, there is a defined role within GDPR called a data protection officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that might lead to where you do see a very specific person in charge of the data, um, whether they're called a chief data officer or a data protection officer, as the GDPR calls it. Um, that, that allows one person to be solely um, focused on the protection of the data, the usage of the data, the, the proper usage of the data. Um, whereas uh, a CIO is has that as part of their purview, but also has to some degree the systems yeah. um, that that work with that. What's the, so you mentioned product? Um, what's the difference mm-hmm. between a CTO and a CPO, Chief Product Officer? Sure, sure. So uh, it, that that's that's almost uh, we're we're going to go into all of the different acronyms. <laughs> that's almost like a- asking what's the difference between a um, product owner yeah. in Scrum categories versus a project manager. Um, the, the chief chief product officer would be the person in charge of the products. What? How, how are we? What are, what are we putting out there? What, what are we at? What's on our roadmap? Things like that. The chief technology officer, and we'll, we'll flip over there for, for a few minutes. And this is why I think you see that as the role that comes up first um, in, in all the different, in, in smaller companies. Um, the, the chief technology officer is the person in charge of the technology at the end of the period. That's it. Um, they... They are responsible for um, all the systems that that your business runs on. Um, they're responsible for making all those decisions or providing the non-technical reasons for the decisions, so that somebody else can make those decisions. Um, that that's really where I see a, a, a chief technology officer is. They are literally driving the technology now. Well, it depends on, your, on. I mean, com- depending on your company, right? Yeah, because you could you could also have a hardware company, and maybe they're in charge of the hardware. Well, so to me, like the CTO at a tech firm where the tech where technology is the product, like a SaaS type of company. Sure, that CTO is essentially a product officer. Um, almost every time you look at their role and what they're doing they are doing what a CPO would do. If you had a CTO at construction specialties, they would definitely be in charge of the tech supporting your product, which is not tech-based. So that would be the biggest difference, I would think. Um, well, and that, that doesn't exclude those responsibilities from a CTO no. at, a, at a SaaS shop, right? So yes, they are the they are the chief product officer at a SaaS shop, but they're also in charge of all the technology. Yeah, um, they're they're in charge of supporting everything that comes in. Um, I, I I know that's that's my role is not only to kind of act as as the the product officer to some degree, but also the uh, the person making sure everything runs um, properly. Then I would say that a product officer typically, like you said. They know they're more about the roadmap and where the product's going. I would say a CTO is concerned with the build and maintenance um, 
sure. related to that. I mean, these everything blurs, but uh, I when I meet p- product people, they talk about technology as it fits the user experience, as it fits the marketing goals and message. Um, they work a lot with a marketing team, the sales team, more than a CTO typically does. And so right. when people, like I've kind of talked to people about product development roles and they're like, have you done all this other stuff related to marketing? I'm like, no, like I've worked with the people that do that, but I don't do that myself. And so they were like, oh, well, that's, we need someone with that level of marketing experience. And so, you know, but they had a technical product and they didn't have anyone on their team that knew the tech. So they're trying to find right. that, that CPO role is kind of like in the middle of those two. <clears throat> and the, usually when I meet CTOs, they are worried about technology and the people that they're putting in place to manage that technology. And that's, you know, they, they want the, they're definitely working to solve the problems that the company um, is trying to do on the sales marketing side, but that's just not where they live. Whereas a CPO lives on kind of straddles a fence, I would say. And I, I, I think, I think we'll interject here in the middle just to, to repeat again. If you're applying for one of these positions, make sure you read the job description. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because because for the most part, the, the, they're going to be defined by the company. Um, if, if you look on Wikipedia for the definition of all these things, there are fine distinctions. And, and I, as we prepared for this episode, I was looking at them and I'm like, there doesn't sound like there's a big difference here. So... Yeah. Um, it's it's important for you to have an understanding of what is expected of you if you're applying for for a position like this um, at a company. Yeah. So the 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 other one I can think of and that came up in 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 research was the CISO, the Chief Information Security Officer. So similar to part of the responsibilities we talked about a, a chief data officer, the, the CISO is responsible for the security of the technology for, of, of the information yeah. for the most part. So um, making sure that you are all the, uh, you are certified and, and protected by all those different processes. Um, the ISO, um, certifications and things like that. You're following all those processes. You've got your your technology locked down. Um, it's a very specific role. That one that one is probably the most specific role. Um, it is uh, out of all of them. It's the one that has a singular focus that you can't really um, genericize very yeah. much. It is at the end of the day, it is about security. Um, and, and in a way, password security to to hardening of hardware. Yeah, and in a way, it's probably better to have that person kind of on the outside looking in because that's where your threats typically come from. Um, it's full. If you're a big company with a high value of data, you definitely need to be worried about how that data is accessed and um possibly distributed from by 
you know, people in the company, but in a way you want them auditing from the outside of the team of the tech team, pen testing, um, trying to hack, uh, you know, kind of setting procedures and policy that may not be convenient for the tech team, but needs to be in place for the security of that kind of stuff. So sure. if you're a big company and can afford a chief security officer, that would be, that. that's, that's definitely a role that I think um, should be on the outside of a CTO responsibility in a way, if you're a company big enough to do that. Yeah. And that, that would be interesting to, to see who, so uh, according to Wikipedia, it's a, it's split between the, the uh, security security officer reporting to the CIO Mm -hmm. or reporting to the CEO or reporting to the board of directors. It looks like it's about a third. Um, across the board. So uh, I, I think there's arguments for both. Um, you certainly have the argument that if it reports to the CIO, then they can work together to get everything um, locked down. Um, but there's also the potential for abuse in that situation where the chief, the CIO could just bury um, any results he doesn't like from the, from the CIO. Yeah. So, um, I, 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 it's probably best to have it report to the CEO or the board of directors. Um, but that in, in that case, there's going to be tension there. Um, and that's, that's just something to manage around. Um, so out of, out of all those, I, I think both of us for the most part have, have served CTO roles. Um, mainly because that the companies we've worked for are, the, are smallish. Yeah. Um, they need somebody in charge of the technology, um, whether that is as part of the product or whether that is um, just running the company. Um, so it, it is, is, do you see that, that you'd prefer to be in a company that, that where you could serve as more of a CIO or does CTO kind of fit more what you're based on what we've been talking about? Does that fit more what you're interested in? Um, man, I haven't thought about that. Uh, probably to me, I wouldn't be at a company probably so big that I, there would be a CTO and a CIO on the same staff. (laughs) But right. I would probably say I'm still a CTO type. Um, I still very am much concerned with the tools rather than just the data. Um, sure. I, because I don't, yeah, like I, I spend a lot of time with construction and building um, and maintenance related tasks. And, uh, or, I mean, I don't want to take this. I do. I do have a subject I want to talk about on all of these chief roles, but um, sure. but yeah, I would. Fi- I guess to wrap this up, I would find my. I would still probably go after CTO or chief operations, which is a whole different um, area, maybe. Yeah. But the I guess the point the the thing this is interesting because I didn't, I forgot I talked about this with some people. Um, I was talking on a, in a chat room I had with some folks I used to work with, and someone brought up a scenario they were in where there was there is a security issue in the code, and they have a CTO 
who so there's two different developers on the team that disagree strongly with how the security issue is being coded like how they're solving this problem sure and one person is kind of like we don't need to change anything and the other person is you know concerned about the risk and he said and, and so I, basically what he said was when we bring this issue to the CTO he just backs off because there's human confrontation involved and he shies away from that. And they also made a comment that a while back there had been a meeting about how to like set the values of the company and how to like what kind of company they want the people to be and that the CTO just skipped the whole meeting. And the right. point, the thing that I answered was, if you have a role of chief in front of your name, that's about people. Even if it's chief technology yeah. or chief information, your job is like a CTO at a, you know, as the company gets bigger, if you're a three person company, sure, your focus is tech. But if you, as you get to hire more people, like chief means manage people to me. And yeah. If you want to be just technology, then you're sure be director of engineering or something. But chief right. to me is about managing people and the problems that come with that. Because people don't get along. Yeah, it is. People have different personalities. People have different opinions. And your job, if you shy away from that kind of stuff, don't call yourself like get out of the chief role because that's that's what a chief role is. So. I just, it was just kind of, I just boldly just said, that's a BS, you know, like that person isn't a chief of anything. So I think that's probably the strong over, like despite whatever chief data, chief information, chief tech, you're still, it's still about managing people that manage those things. And maybe your expertise right. is the tech, but you're, you have to manage the people so that all that stuff gets done. And that's what a chief role is. I mean, almost all, as you get to a bigger company, putting your hands on the, the tools as a chief role is kind of like unheard of. You just, you're in meetings a lot. You're on, you're talking to people, you're managing projects by telling, like setting priorities and telling people like what the focus is, um, solving disputes, like politics, the kind of the, the dirty side of it. Um, I don't, it doesn't really matter what your T I D P whatever middle acronym letter is. It's about people management to me, but yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. And, 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 and not, and being, being willing to admit your weaknesses among that knowledge that you need and bring in people to help fill those weaknesses yeah. as well. Um, so when, as far as what role I feel most comfortable with, you, you mentioned COO, as far as just operations, getting stuff done, that's, that's the, that's the yeah. role I serve for construction specialties. Um, and, and I, I don't think as a company grows larger, um, I think I would find myself, um, having to deal with things in a CTO role that I don't like to deal with. Um, networks, mm -hmm. um, hardware, 
things like that, that, that just is not where my focus has been. My focus has always been about product and, and information and things like that. So um, if I ever ended up at a company that was large enough to have all those roles, I, I don't think CTO is where I yeah. would end up. Um, cause, cause the, the, those things just are, are not my strength and, and yeah, I could bring in people to, to be in charge of those roles. But I think as you get larger, the CTO is the one-stop shop for, for things like hardware. Yeah. I mean, per, like um, going back to your question, what do I want, what would I want to be called? You know, I, when I've, people have asked me like, what would you need? Like recruiters ask me this and some of the other companies that I've talked to, they're like, what would you want your title to be? And I always say, I don't really care. It's about, mar- it's right. like marketing. Um, if you're trying to raise money, what do you want the investors to know my title to be? Because what do they care about it? Um, if right. you need me to in- be introduced to potential clients that want to talk about the tech or the product, what do you want my title to be to them? Um, that's what matters more. Usually when I'm in a company, I mean, I hire people that I consider peers more than I even hire people that would, I would say work under me. So I don't, I really don't care. It's like, it's that to internally the title, if uh, usually, I guess I would say if I work at a company where the title really matters for people working together, then I'm probably at too big of a firm for what I personally wanted to be work. So, <laughs> but it does matter yeah. on the outside because, um, different parties externally do have, like, they want to have a sense of where you fit into this company I'm looking at working with or investing in. So to me, it's a marketing thing, um, for the outside world more than anything else. It does help. It, it, it oh, can help you and hurt you on the hiring market because if because when I, when I when people see CTO on my uh, resume from past jobs, they think, "Oh, you'll never work as a developer." Like, would you? And I'm like, "Sure," because that's what I like. I, that's what I did when I was a CTO. So in a way, it's like having that title. I mean, I had that title really young. Um, and it threw people off when I was looking for like, I just want to be a coder right now. And they're like, really? You already had a CTO role. And I was like, yeah, but I need, I left there so I could get hands-on skills. So, you know, but at the right. end of the day, I just don't like, I don't care. I mean, I, I work as a, I work as a CTO for almost everybody I work with and talk to about tech. I do this. I, I still have right. the, the issue of, of thinking about the tech from a short-term perspective, long-term perspective. Um, can you maintain what I the solution? Can you afford it? Is it? Are you chasing something just because of marketing terminology that's popular? Uh, do you have the ability to manage the people side if I'm not around? Um, you know, teaching people how to do tech like. All that stuff isn't is what a CTO does. I do that all the time. I just I don't really give a crap if I have a title around it. But again, it's important on to I guess to define for other people so they know what you're doing, what you're about. I guess. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's a fair statement and, and a good point to bring up is that at the end of the day, that, that, that what goes on the business card isn't, isn't super important to, to you or I, um, we, we have healthy egos, but that's not one of the things that, 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 that drives either of our egos. Um, so, so yeah. Um, what are our titles for the podcasting? Uh, I'm the CEO, the chief editing officer. Um, <laughs> I'm, what am I? The chief posting? I'm the CPO, the chief posting officer, <laughs> which all I do is upload a file. I have transcribed. I did. There you go. But so you're CTO on top of it. Yeah, but the uh, I wouldn't say I do it enough to really get a title out of it. Um, chief, no, chief no, no. talking off co co chief talkers is all I can think. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I I think I think that's I, I think we've hit all the different acronyms I I could come across with when I was when I was looking to see what different ones are out there. Um, you brought up one that, that mattered in the, in all of that, which was the chief product officer. Um, we, we, we didn't talk about the CMO, the chief marketing officer, but that's not really what we do. Um, but you're going to be involved with a chief marketing officer a lot. Um, just, uh, especially if, if you're in the chief product officer role. So at the end of the day, um, those those C level titles, the C suite titles, usually only apply at larger corporations or corporations, as you said, that need to show they have those roles um, for important purposes. Yeah. Um, and just just for outside appearances. Um, at the end of the day, the definition comes down to the uh the the individual company well i'm going to go into my new role of chief cat photography officer that is that's my (laughs) house title now because i have so many cute kitten photos that i have to post to the world so you're the chief Instagram officer as far as oh, that goes. no doubt. And <laughs> I'm, I've tried to limit it to one per day, but damn, I have so many good yeah. ones. I just want to keep posting. And I know I'm losing followers because I'm probably only posting cat photos, but I just don't care. It's just, <laughs> it's just what I have to do. Hey, that, that's why, that's why you got two new ones. Cause you, cause you like the cat so much. <laughs> exactly. So. All right, so I think I think we've we've beaten this one to death. Um, it, uh, anything coming up in the next week or so that you're working on? Oh uh, yes, so <laughs> so we um, because so on our other podcast, this old app, we talked with David Rogers about yeah. View and React, and I've been trying to figure out which of these two platforms do I want to work with? Cause I have, I have some work coming up uh, short contract work where I need to utilize something other than jQuery for what they had. Like I need to re kind of redo a little bit of the front end and talking to David, man, like I was really big on react again. Um, and then talking to David made me like, I think I, I want to do view. I feel like, <laughs> so I, I'm just caught in the middle. It's like, I'll still figure out, um, 
what I'm going to do for this front end piece. I'm probably going to use material design for the kind of bootstrapping um, style, but I, sure. I need to employ something. I don't think it's not a single page app. I'm not doing a single page app. I just need, I want to use a framework for some of the pieces that need a little bit more, um, you know, front side power. And I don't want to use jQuery to do it. I want to use something that's a little more uh, structured, I guess, which I could say. Sure. And I think Vue sure. fits that um, versus something like, I feel like that's some more maintainable um, compared to this, how much React is changing still. But talking to David was actually a, a problem for me because I'm like, oh, I, I kicked Vue off for a little bit and now I'm looking at it again. I was going to say, David's a persuasive guy. So. Well, you know what? He wasn't trying to be. He was just kind of... No, not at all. He had a very... He, he's knowledgeable. He had a very something. reasoned reason um, for why they choose chose View, And I was like, man, I agree with all of that. That's actually pretty like good reasoning. So, yeah. Um, and I'll, I'm still trying to... I'm still thinking a lot about the Chasms project that we've talked about on this old app more. Yeah. And I feel, I still feel like it has legs and I need to choose a front end for that. And I'm debating view and react on those two as well. So otherwise, yeah. uh, just working and still, still exploring different, uh, projects and job opportunities, stuff like that. That's pretty much all I'm been up to. Yep. Yep. And, and I think I'll, I, I, I go through these waves and I, right now I'm back on the Microsoft graph wave of trying to get some of the, the tools we use within construction specialties hooked up to the Microsoft graph API. Hmm. Um, I've got, I've got a Zapier, um, integration, yeah. uh, that has nine different steps and each of those nine steps, well, no, I would say eight of those nine steps can be done within the Microsoft world. Um, so they can all use the Microsoft graph. And since we've switched from, um, you know, hodgepodge of tools to where I moved us, uh, and we've talked about this, I moved us to Microsoft tools, yeah. um, Office 365 tools. I'm back on that train of, okay, I committed to this. Let's dig a little bit more into can I use the tools we committed to? Like uh, we use a for for creating work orders, we use a Google form. Yeah. Well, you know what? Microsoft has that same mm. uh, functionality. So it, it it it's one of those things where I'm just playing with little tools and and seeing what we can do and and really educating <laughs> everyone else on what's available so that they can go and create tools as well. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I actually need so. um, to, I would like to know more about office 365 and all that good stuff. I don't, um, I'm, I'm just used to G suite, Google. Um, yeah. For your, Google, for your domain or whatever the heck they used to call it. I'm still, I'm used to all of those tools. Although I still use, I still have this issue where I save half my stuff in Dropbox and half of it in G Drive, and I'm like, why am I doing this? Um, <laughs> but it's it's like 
Dropbox is great for my storage, but it's not good for sharing. It's just never, it doesn't have, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Google Drive is the worst, has the worst search of any storage mechanism I've ever had. Yet it's the easiest for sharing with people everywhere else. And, and right. Dropbox is better for my own stuff and search, but people can't seem to, I, anytime I try to share Dropbox stuff with people, they never can figure it out. And it's, it's pretty annoying to get a Dropbox link. I will yeah, say. I, I don't know why. I mean, it, it's works for me, but no one can figure it. Like, I don't know. Anyway, off topic. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, have a good week. We will talk again soon. Sounds good. See ya. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think Podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach, licensed by premiumbeat.com. Voiceover work by meganvoices.com. You'll hear from us next week. Thank you.